0: Him. I'm not an expert. I don't claim to be an expert. Think- he's just moving so fast. And the fact that he's already in this serious relationship is just like... It's a lot. It's a it's lot. It's a lot. Do you feel like they're moving too fast? One thousand percent. Yeah. They have a car. And For she's sure. already been like, hey, like this is like the kind of ring that I like. And I was like, oh, For no. Sure. I think to get engaged right <laughs> now would be crazy. 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 Because you live a fairy tale for the first year. Yes. Exactly, That's what I'm scared of, them. that it's a little bit too fairy tale-like, and they, they're playing house, and now they have this, like, insanely expensive apartment. And it feels a little fragile. <laughs> to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, our Summer House and Vanderpump Rules edition. Y'all, I'm going to keep it a buck. We're going to keep it short with Summer House this week because honestly I'm feeling, I'm sensing a lot of fatigue. I personally don't have it. I'm finding a lot to talk about and a lot that's interesting but it seems like you guys are not (laughs) so I'm going to honor that. Also, Vanderpump woo. So much happened, and it was a super-sized episode, and I mean, I'm about to, like, I'm afraid that I'm going to go, like, full CSI, Charlie from It's Always Sunny at the wall, like, connecting the dots here, so we're going to have to, you know, our Vanderpump is going to be at the main stage, and we'll just quickly get through Summer House, right? Okay, so let's start. Where we begin is Kyle's outside screaming about Lindsay and how everybody's giving Lindsay so much power who i i'm now getting into a place where i don't want to say that i don't like these people but i do want to say that i want to like kyle and i want to like maya and they're not making it very easy for me but i digress so i don't understand like who is giving Lindsay power outside of kyle but danielle's screaming at carl Stand up for your girlfriend. But Carl's like, he's just chilling on the couch. Like, it, this is bullshit. This is pathetic, what Kyle's doing. I'm not going to argue with him when he's doing the dumbest shit of all time. So Andrea's trying to, like, mitigate the whole situation. Poor guy. He just wanted to have some eatily and, and show his balls to everybody. And, you know, he I guess he did do that. He was able to do that. But he's trying to t- say to Danielle, don't worry. Like, Kyle and Carl will speak on their own time. Danielle goes upstairs because she's like, I don't even care about all this ranting. I want to see what's up with Amanda because I hurt her feelings. Amanda's in bed with Maya and Sierra. The way that Maya, like, did a whole gymnastics routine to get out of the bed to tell, uh, to run defense on Danielle and be like, don't come in the room right now. Uh, girl, what, what, are, what are we doing here? But Danielle and Maya are in the hallway when Carl, who I think takes his mic off before he uh, goes back in his room, he's going in the room. He's like cutting, you know, in between them. Maya can that Carl's pissed off, right? So she's like, what's, is he okay? Is Carl okay? And Danielle's like, well, I yelled at him too. Like I was saying, why don't you fucking stand up for Lindsay? So Carl goes into his room and he says in a confessional that he is actually really angry in this moment. And what Kyle said was incredibly disrespectful to Lindsay. And if it wasn't somebody like Kyle, his friend, his boss, basically, it would be very different. His instinct would just be to beat somebody's ass. Personally, I would like to see it. I don't think Carl has hands, but that's neither here nor there. That's not the point. The point is that he's doing things differently. Now in his sobriety, he's trying to learn how to react differently. And so he has some Meredith Mark style disengaged. Gabby is the only person outside trying to wrangle the cat in the bathtub that is Kyle at this point. And she's like, telling him you need to calm down. And he's like, no, I'm fine. She's like, no, clearly you're not. Carl can clearly hear Kyle still ranting and raving in the backyard. So he goes over to the window to listen to Kyle saying to Gabby, clearly Lindsay has been brainwashed or excuse me, Carl's been like brainwashed by Lindsay. Everything stems back to her. Everything. I like, it's this, it is what we're seeing all that there is is there more to the story because again I want to like Kyle but I'm not understanding why all roads lead to him like when Maya said last week Danielle's the one who started this why are you yelling and calling Lindsay a bitch and all of this it just doesn't make sense what is it what is it what is it that Lindsay has done (laughs) to make him feel this strongly Lindsay is getting about as activated as I think we'll ever see her this season, which is about, you know, for her, like a four, not bad. She tells whoever's downstairs, like, just so you guys know, everything's my fault. Like real sarcastic, right? And then she goes to tell Sam, like, obviously if Amanda cared about me as much as she's claiming to, she would have spoken to me. We would have had a conversation by now. And then she tells Sam, I think it's very clear that Amanda doesn't want to be friends with me. Like, abundantly clear. But Sam tells her, I actually think Amanda feels the same way that you do. But then Lindsay goes, I don't talk shit about her. She talks shit about me. How is that clear to her? You tell me what's clear. Danielle is really in her feelings. (laughs) Like, truly. She goes to tell Chris that just watching Carl sit there while his woman is being beaten to death by Kyle... like what the flying fuck is that so Lindsay chimes in and is like you can't say anything to kyle like there's what is there to say to him but danielle says what carl did is sit there while you got annihilated by kyle and i'm over it no Lindsay says in a confessional do i wish carl would say something sure would i like it if carl said yo dude relax bro yeah but i do understand that he's still trying to figure out how to communicate his feelings and emotions as a sober person Gabby comes back inside with Kyle while he's mumbling like how everybody can suck a fat dick. And Gabby just goes, I'm simultaneously too young and too old for this. (laughs) And then she tells Lindsay, I'm fucking exhausted after week three. And Lindsay goes, girl, seven years. How do you think I feel? I'm fucking tired of this. So then we get the receipts from Amanda. I was telling Gibson last week, like, I want to see these texts from Lindsay, the ones that she had between she and Maya during Family Feud and the one she had between she and Amanda. So we do get to hear the one between she and Amanda. So it goes as follows. Um, Lindsay goes basically saying she's mimicking what Amanda said. Carl works for us, but he's tainted by Lindsay. Like that's what she said, right? Wow. I'm beyond, beyond hurt and disappointed by this. And Amanda says, I'm sorry that I hurt you. I was feeling frustrated, but I also understand that you're his girlfriend and he's going to, and should stand up for you. The least I could do right now is say that I'm sorry. And then Lindsay never responded to that. Kyle tells Amanda that Lindsay's a fucking horrible person. It makes him sick sick that his best friend thinks that he's going to marry her and then kyle tells amanda like he's starting to come down at this point like the lover boy is filtering through his system and things are coming a little bit more clear so he tells amanda i probably shouldn't have said what i said but then he whispers but what if i don't regret it meanwhile in the babe bedroom carl tells Lindsay he is sorry for not sticking up for her but you know kyle's been drinking all day he's been saying dumb shit and it's just not his style and Lindsay's like i get it i'm not upset with you so they're fine they probably went to fucking the bathroom after that. I don't know. So here's my thing. It's not that I want Lindsay to be a villain, even though she makes a great one. I want this shit to make sense. And the only way that all of this energy from Kyle makes sense is if Lindsay has done something egregiously bad and she is a villain and we're just like not getting the specific answer of what she's done. But to me, I don't, I'm not coming up with anything because if she had done something specific that I feel like we would have heard it by now. You feel me? So I, Kyle needs to work his shit out and thank God for Amanda. Cause the next morning she says to Kyle, I wish I hadn't gone gone so upset. Like Amanda is being self-reflective, right? But Kyle says, well, the challenging part is that I'm not saying mean things. You are, I'm saying pretty accurate things. But Amanda says, yeah, but it's hurtful. And then she says, you need to make a better effort to not let the relationship that I have with Lindsay affect the relationship that you have with Carl in the babe's bedroom. Carl's done. Wants to leave. Doesn't want to talk to anybody. He doesn't feel like Kyle's his friend. It's over. Now, two things in present day are kind of interesting to me that I've heard. One, Kyle posted a selfie of he and Carl, like last week, I think that said, you know some version of we're good friends hard things were said over the season but we're like we're working on our friendship we're dedicated to each other blah 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 right um which in some ways if I were Lindsay I hmm like would you feel like that was a little bit of a betrayal on Carl's end I might even though like I even if you can recognize that they had a friendship a best friendship would you still feel like that was a little bit of a betrayal? I don't know. But the other thing is that Danielle, the last time she was on Watch What Happens Live, said that Carl had reached out to her, um, I think after the episode where she FaceTimed them while they were in California to say, um, you know, thank you for supporting me when I wasn't there, right? And, but she made it pretty clear that like, she and Lindsay aren't really speaking to each other. And Lindsay has said something recently Like with the past week that kind of made it seem like they're still not really speaking to each other or fucking with each other in that way. So it's interesting to me to see like little spots of uh, Carl currently sort of like at least putting feelers out there to maintain relationships with Kyle and Danielle when Lindsay doesn't have them and like they're about to get married. And I just wonder, like, how is that affecting Carl and Lindsay's relationship now? Is it? That would be my question. One interesting thing that we sh- were shown was that Maya facetimes Oliver the next morning to say, "Like yo, some major shit went down last uh, night," and it was kind of like last season when Craig went off on Lindsay, it, but like a World War Three version of that. And during the flashback of that clip, you can see that Maya is defending Craig. Excuse me, defending Lindsay to Craig. And I think that's very um, telling of she did not agree with Kyle. Like clearly she's thinking that I, I wish I would hear like more of other people's opinions now, you know, like, do other people feel like Kyle's going too hard outside of Gabby? Like, I would want to see talking heads about what people think about Kyle's Kyle's behavior. And, like, Danielle doesn't count because she's, like, kind of a soldier for Christ for Carl and Lindsay, at least at this point. So I want to have, like, people who don't really have stakes in the game state their opinion. But anyway, Danielle and Amanda end up hugging it out. But Danielle also kind of throws in during their conversation, like, she's not really sure why Lindsay escalated things and how things just kind of spiraled once Lindsay inserted her opinion on the, like, I trust you the least conversation. Amanda says in a confessional, I can forgive Danielle because I know her apologies are genuine, but I also know that she was being a good friend to Lindsay, but that girl fights Lindsay's battles like nobody else. Kyle ends up telling Sierra that he wanted to talk to Carl, but they already left and He just wishes that he knew how to bite his tongue because one thing, it's like one thing to be brutally honest, but it's another thing to say what he did say in front of Carl. So in a confessional, Kyle says, I regret the harsh things that I said in haste. And I hate the fact that it puts Carl in a situation and I'm going to have to apologize because they are a package deal. But I also can't bite my tongue to keep the peace. Moving on, Gabby and her sister, Danielle, go for tennis with Sam and Summerhouse Danielle. Um, Gabby, not Gabby, Danielle, Gabby's sister, actually did a uh, TikTok about this. <laughs> and she said that they, I didn't even know this, Hidden in Gem in New York, I mean, I don't play tennis, but they have a private tennis court in Grand Central Station, and that's where they were playing. It was like uh, $175 an hour uh, tennis court. So if you're a bad and bougie bitch in Manhattan, or Brooklyn, or, you know, the tri-state area, Take a look. It looked really pretty. But I love how Danielle Oliveira was so excited to just meet another woman named Danielle. Like, doesn't that happen every 17 minutes? But anyway, um, you know, girl talk, girl talk. Gabby is between a rock and a hard place because she... Works in fashion, got what she thought was going to be her dream job, give her everything that she wanted, and it turned out being a nightmare. Um, She ignored a lot of red flags, yada, yada, yada. She can't get into it because of an NDA, but she ended up getting fired. So she now has two job offers and is, like, seemingly a ball of anxiety. Can't make a decision because she's like, damn, I thought the last job was going to be the sure thing, and it ended up... Sucking. So what if I get it wrong again this time? Like I can't do that. Oh, also, Danielle Prescott mentioned that the stars that she was wearing, I think she said that they're called like Starface. They're zip patches. So if anybody had any questions about what those were. You get a very sweet scene down in down on the shore with uh Carl and Queen Sharon, his mama, and you know, they're talking about First, first Sharon asks, uh, are you finding living with a girl to be a pain in the ass? (laughs) And he says, no. And he's like, you know, we're like a team, which is what I always wanted, which is true. Because if you guys remember, like in last seasons, uh, especially when like uh, Amanda and Kyle were getting engaged, Kyle was like, Carl rather was like, I really want what they have. Like, I want a girl like Amanda. (laughs) Like, I want a girl who treats me like Amanda treats Kyle. And he got it, I guess. And and good for him. I just I still can't get it up for them, you guys. You know? I just, like, don't care. <laughs> they're just, like, a couple who's, like, they've matured together. And, like, that's cool. But now they're, like, a lot more boring. And, like, it's just not giving for television. And I could really say the same for Kyle and Amanda. Like, Kyle's really trying to get turned up. But it's really, like doesn't give when everybody else goes to bed and you're like you know the top part of your ass track is hanging out and you're trying to like i don't know do do jumping jacks by the pool at two o'clock in the morning so i think we need a rehaul and you know shout out to chai a friend of the podcast who said that she really thinks that the show should retool itself around gabby and sam being like 20 somethings in the city, like just, you know, a total refresh, you know, and I don't disagree. I because once I was thinking about it, like, okay, I don't hate Sam. I don't hate her. But I think the issue is that she's just too young. She's too young to be in a house with one couple that's married and one couple that's about to be You know, it just doesn't make sense. Like, Kyle's 40. She's 24. And even though, like, Sierra entered the house at 24, Sierra has, like, a... I don't want to say she's more mature than Sam, but she just had, like, a different energy. Whereas Sam is like, woo, young Foxy free. I want to hang out. And that is it's annoying under this context, but I think if she was actually hanging out with her peers, I would find her to be a pretty dynamic character. Gabby is that girl for me. And I know a lot of you guys get very troubled or whatever. You're irked by her uh, seemingly making, letting the stars uh, and astrology inform a lot of her decisions. However, <laughs> maybe too many. However, I think there's something there. There's something there, and I like her too. Like, she had no problem going toe-to-toe with Kyle and being like, you're on some bullshit right now. Cut it out. She plays the game, and I really like her. And I also think part of the reason why people don't like Gabby is because she's probably more transparent than most people on reality TV. Like most people don't go on reality TV and say, I'm severely damaged by my past relationship. It really fucked me up. I am worried about my career in a very specific way. Um, And shit's real out here. I think people find that like a little too much. And you know, that's a conversation that we could have about black women all day, but I actually don't think it applies to Gabby in this sense. I think just, she presents herself differently. And I think people are like, oh, you're like too vulnerable. Like, you're a mess, girl. I don't like this. Whereas, like, if, girl, everybody on the show is probably, if not as much of a mess as Gabby. They just don't like talk about it, you know? You know? But anyway, Carl does have a lovely conversation with his mom about, you know, trying to find the silver lining in his brother Curtis's passing. And saying, you know, obviously I would take Curtis back in a heartbeat, but he has been my guiding light with sobriety. He showed me what my life could have been like, and I'm going to be forever grateful to him because of that. And, you know, it was just a very sweet and emotional moment. And, you know, what can I say? Out, we love Carl for this. The vulnerability and like, it's got to be so hard, really, to look at your mom and be able to say, like, my brother's passing probably saved me. Like, that, all of that is, like, heartbreaking. <laughs> like, any way you slice it has to be the worst possible thing that you could hear as a mother. And, like, but that's real. It's real. And, like, she took it and, you know, I love their relationship. We We love Sharon, you know? All right, let's get back to the Hamptons. So, it's the next weekend... <laughs> Gabby and Davina, who we find out is uh, the name that Gabby has given for her hair, are having a great time. Davina just got done. And Gabby is going to be hosting the first theme party, well, the first real theme party at the house this season. Something that I think we've been sorely lacking. I think it really brings a lot to the show. I'm wondering if this was like a decision that they made on production's end or if this was like maybe... A request to not have so many parties at the house this season? I don't know. But it we're lacking, I have to say. Um, her party is going to be a Studio 50 Forest party because they're in a forest in its backyard and excess studio. I really don't know. I, it seems like she just wanted to do disco balls. Who can blame her, you know? pages is back. Sam and Gabby, I think, went on a double date. But then Sam went on a date with a guy that she really likes. And then she explains to us how dating works, which is, you know, it's just like a gamble of I have really high standards. So one meeting my standards, you being into me and then also me being into you. Y- you know what I mean? Like hearing her tell that to a table of people who are mostly in very serious <laughs> relationships is like, duh, bitch. But if you're saying that to other 24 year olds. It makes a lot more sense. Gabby tells the ladies that she <laughs> went on a date with a Taurus, and so it went poorly, and and that's shut. And Danielle's like, "Girl, why is your door so closed?" And Gabby says, "It's not." And everybody's like, "No, it's definitely closed. Like, why are you so limiting in what you accept?" And this really throws Gabby for a loop. Really does. We'll more on that later. um At one point, Paige and Maya and Sierra decide that they're going to be sharing a bedroom that weekend. And so Sierra changes her clothes off camera. And we just get uh, to watch Paige and Maya be audience to Sierra changing. And Paige goes, Sierra, I don't think I've ever seen your vagina before. And Maya goes, Oh, yeah, I don't think I have either. Like, you know, it's usually just the boobs. And then they're both looking at her quite curiously. And Paige goes, Oh, my God, it's so tiny how cute Maya puts her hands over her mouth and goes yeah it's really small <laughs> Sierra tells them to stop and Maya's like no it's, it's just very dainty just very dainty everyone goes out for drinks the babes are babying in the corner like oh babe how much do you love me to the moon bag and all the oceans and the sky and the babe, babe, why are you so handsome babe oh Danielle's just looking at them from across the bar and she goes, I just can't sometimes. And then in a the confessional, she goes, it's just hard for me to see Carl and Lindsay isolate themselves and it's a new dynamic and they're like on this pedestal and I'm down here like, hey guys, you guys remember me? And I thought, this is interesting because again, on Watch What Happens Live, Danielle says that her relationship with uh, Robert during the season was like best it had ever been. So I am confused. Because the energy that she's giving is kind of, like, jealous. Kind of like, I don't have a man. (laughs) Kind of like, mm, like I'm not really loving this dynamic. So, I don't know. I'm confused. I thought, going into this season, I was thinking, like, I trust my girl Danielle implicitly. Lindsay fucked up. What did she do? Like, roll that footage. I want to see what happened. And... Now to see how it's rolling out, I don't, I'm not, not on Danielle's side. I just thought things would be a lot different. But then Danielle decides, fuck it. I'm just going to go dance with Sierra. And Maya is like, verklemped Like, I never thought I would see this happen. And they're both like, well, get over it, bitch. We're evolving. Okay. <laughs> Gabby says something that I really can relate to. Because Sam asked her, oh, do you guys, do you want to go around and talk to boys? And Gabby says, yeah, but I don't want anybody's numbers. And I felt that. I, I felt the hell out of that. So everybody gets back to the house and Gabby, Danielle, and Sam are all sharing a room, right? So Gabby's telling the girls, living in this house has been really interesting because I'm now seeing myself the way like people who are not in my usual circle see me. And it's just really interesting. So Sam asked what that means. And Gabby's like, well, I just feel like I'm usually a pretty solid person, but I also feel like I have repressed trauma and that this has affected me to the point where I just don't trust my own judgment. Like who, when has somebody been on one season of reality TV and has said that? Who? Danielle tells her that it's really brave to say that you're scared. And I agree. So the next morning, Gabby's just scrolling through her phone. Now, granted, this party is supposed to be at two o'clock in the afternoon. And then Dan- she's telling Danielle, I really need to find a way to outsource decorating the party. And Danielle goes, what? Do you usually hire people? And she goes, yeah. Okay, fine. But you've got like a few hours. Seems like something that you may have. Never mind. So then Maya realizes, oh, we don't have any alcohol, girl. We only have uh rosé. Uh Gabby, do you know that? (laughs) So Gabby and Danielle call her into the kitchen, and Danielle's like, "Well, because she had been like face rolling, just like having a real spa treatment all day, right? In her robe, having a good, good old time." So she comes down with some eye patches on, and Danielle goes, "Well, you look great, but we need booze." And Gabby's like, "Right, huh?" (laughs) And then Maya goes, "Okay, do you have any coming and?" Or is, is there going to be food here? Are you, are you bringing food? And Gabby just looks at her and goes, this is not a food party. And Daniel goes, well, it doesn't seem to be an alcohol party at this point either. So some of the girls try to help her decorate, you know, throw a disco ball in the, in the pool and let's see what happens, right? We got some leftover lover boy. Let's try to fluff this party up. So at one point, Maya goes into the kitchen with Sierra. And she's like, you know that I really like things organized, Sierra. And she's like, yeah, I know. And I'm thinking like, okay, they're just like a little bit pissed off because this party seems to be not at all planned and it's going down in a few hours. Fair, right? But then Maya tells Sierra about Gabby usually hiring people for parties and how she just hasn't felt like she's cracked the Gabby code. So Sierra says, I think a lot of things with Gabby are surface level and I just want to connect with her. And then Maya says, I feel like we have to have shared experiences being black women. And Sierra says, I think she feels very privileged, which is fine, but we're missing out on the authenticity of it all. And so I'm just like, why are we having this conversation? <laughs> like, first of all, what? I'm not, you're not connecting with Sierra. Uh, Miss Pigpen for the past three seasons about um cleanliness and organization and things being, like, up to code. Have you seen her bedroom? The only reason why these bedrooms are are clean is because everybody's flipping every week. Ugh. Just, like, ooh, I get PTSD thinking about those screenshots. Remember she didn't even flush the toilet? You're gonna try to connect with her about um organization? Girl, push the lever. But I guess the thing that kind of annoys me is that they were in my opinion, kind of othering Gabby, but then, like, expecting her to connect to them uh, while also creating a space of her being, like, privileged or, like, she usually hires people. But when you say, like, we should have shared experiences as Black women, this might not be one of them. And that's fine. Like, if Gabby comes for money and you are, you know, middle class or wherever your upbringing was, like that might not be something that you connect to there might be a lot of like experiences that you might not connect because of the access that she had or the experiences or whatever but there are a whole lot of treasure trove of other shared experiences that you guys can have as black women that are much more important than whatever tax bracket her parents were born into like i just don't see the connective tissue for me okay I want to see more because I like try to connect to her then. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, is that all? Yeah. The episode ends with, you know, the girls are decorating and Paige is asking Danielle if Lindsay got upset last weekend when Carl wasn't sticking up for her. And Danielle's like, no, no, surprisingly. No, I don't think she goes, I think it just seemed like a passive way to handle the situation. But Sierra does chime in and say, I'm sure they handled it privately. Gabby asked Danielle if she thinks that they're like ignoring hard conversations because they don't want to have it and Danielle goes yeah because I think they would have to face a lot of things including sobriety and Lindsay drinking again and how she's kind of started off with wine but you know they had a shot last night and you know she's not out of control but you know clearly she wants to drink so Sierra gives an anecdote about how her dad um, is sober and that when they, he and her mom, he and her mom got married, they couldn't have alcohol at the wedding. Her mom didn't keep alcohol in the house because it was a trigger for him. And she's like, listen, I don't claim to be an expert, but, you know, I am concerned about Carl moving so fast. And, you know, the fact that he's already in this serious relationship so close after his sobriety is a lot. Paige asks Danielle, she thinks that Carl and Lindsay are moving too fast. And she says a thousand percent. They have a car. She's been talking about the kinds of rings she likes. And she thinks getting engaged right now is a good idea. I think it's crazy. Because I'm just scared. They're only in the first year of their relationship. It's too much like a fairy tale. They have this insanely expensive apartment. And it just feels a little fragile. Now, I think... oh." The word that really stuck out to me was fragile, you know, because it seems like, mm, like obviously if anybody knows what's going on between the dynamic of Carl and Lindsay, it would be her right in this situation. um, So that's interesting to me, but all the rest of it is like, mm, I just don't know. I don't know. I think that I'm onto something about like, it's been multiple times now where Lindsay has told other people like, You need to take into consideration the fact that I'm choosing to be sober for Carl into whatever situation that really has nothing to do with sobriety on Lindsay's end. I don't know. Things never make sense to me as to why she keeps bringing that up, but she has like two or three times. And to me, it just seems like she's... She clearly wants to drink. Something is (sighs) not... I I got questions. Something's not like gelling there with Carl and Lindsay for me. And I I think we should listen to Danielle on that. But anyway, let's move on. We got a lot to talk about with Vanderpump Rules. so, So, you know, grab some water, take a stretch, go to the bathroom. Let's get into it. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Raquel, did you kiss the guy tonight? Yeah, I did. Who? (gasps) Oliver? Wait, you didn't see Oliver? Yeah. She was supposed to kiss him. No, I was not. I thought so too. Raquel, why are you like this? Are you serious right now? Like, yeah. like it was Lala's territory, and I was not no. allowed to kiss him. No, I gave her the okay. I just didn't even know you were interested. We heard you talk a lot about him, so it was, like, obvious that we were like, oh. Well, yeah, you that's, really like, excited. my type of guy. I'm starting to see a pattern in Raquel. It seems that she's only interested in men that her friends are either married to or interested in. And that is a big... You guys, I, like, never say this, but I was actually overstimulated by last night's episode of Vanderpump Rules. I... uh, knowing what we know. And, like, truly, imagine if we didn't know what we know now how differently we would have reacted to this episode like it's so jarring i can't <sighs> i'm gonna try my best because i feel like i'm in a hedge maze i the fucking shining of just like eggs planting and and all the things i'm overwhelmed i'm overwhelmed starting with before we even get into the episode we got to talk about this Podcast Jamie all over, she and this guest, um I believe his name is kale, um did a conversation. They had a conversation, they're friends of Sheena's um used to be friends of her Kels. and oh man, they really like it's almost like you know if if you don't listen to this episode, you're only getting half the story, you know what I mean because it kind of paints a picture of what happened right around this time. They say that. From what they're told, this like affair between Raquel and who I'm now calling Crustache, okay. There's one Tom in its shorts, and then the other one is Crustache or whatever nicknames might emanate from that. You know, my mind tends to wander, but um, they believe that th- this kind of happened around or on that night, the night that Raquel and Charlie pull up at the Mondrian. They were there, or at least the girl what Jamie was, and um yeah she she tells a story about how she was there. She was kicking it with Brett, <clears throat> and it was her and Brett raquel and crustache, right, and so they uh were hanging out, just really met Brett. she says that uh crust and raquel were at the bar in like a deep conversation and that at one, so it kind of like left her with Brett But she's like, you know, he was nice, but I hadn't really met him. And then she says that there was like another point where at the end of the night, they were in a car, she and Brett, and they were watching Raquel and Tom have this, what looked like pretty intense conversation. Um, uh, sitting on a curb. And so they jokingly were like, oh, let's record this and like do a voiceover of like, I'll be Raquel, you be Crust. And so they like, oh, just jokingly did that. And that she, looking back, was like, oh, I don't want to post that. They're like, oh, it was funny, but I, she felt like at the time it was kind of weird to post that. I don't want to make Ariana feel like something untoward or strange or sketchy was happening between them obviously it was so the guy had some interesting information he seemed to be a lot closer to Raquel um he said that he spoke to her I think Friday and Saturday that week after everything came out and that yeah I mean basically what everybody reliable has been reporting that um Raquel doesn't really seem to get it. Doesn't really seem to feel bad. Um. Doesn't really seem to understand that she doesn't have the life that she had prior to this and the friend group. Um. And that basically he was like, now that I think about it, you know, there were times where, you know, Ariana would hear that I was going through stuff for my mental health or whatever. She would reach out to me from time to time. But then I noticed that we're only, Raquel only ever reached out to me when she needed something like it would be like, Oh, Hey, how are you checking in? But you know, I need a favor. He says that one time he drove 40 minutes because he lives 40 minutes away from her to take her the five minute commute to the hospital because she wasn't feeling well. Like they had a fairly intense relationship. It sounds like, um, and yeah, he seems concerned. <laughs> Which is interesting, like at one point he says, you know, I have a history or background in psychology and, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm just finding myself thinking that Raquel is a very smart person and I'm like concerned about her behavior and I'm confused about a lot of things. And it's weird. It's getting weird. So I would encourage you guys to check that out. Um, What else? Kristen went on a podcast and she also confirmed some other <clears throat> Reliable news that had been said on other podcasts, but she confirmed that um, this I did not know. I had not had this confirmed, that Sandoval was in fact the Tom that Raquel was making out with at Coachella and that Schwartz and Sandoval's parents found out about this relationship back in December, which is what I was thinking that Schwartz had to find out probably around the holidays or beginning of the year at the latest. Now let's bring it up. A notch, let's uh, you know, elevate, shall we? Um, Ariana actually released her first post, first post crustache um post, and she looks beautiful. She's in this like watermelon vibey, maxi dress with the you know, cute little bun, and she's you know, it's a whole vibe. There's cacti behind her, it's a look, right? So she says Hi, where to begin? I want to express my most sincere gratitude for the outpouring of love and support that I've received from friends, family, and people I've never even met in the last two weeks. When I felt like I couldn't even stand, you have all given me the strength to continue and see me through my darkest hours. To say that I have been devastated and broken is an understatement. However... I know that I'm not in this alone. So many, so many of my closest friends are also grieving this loss right now and reeling from this betrayal on so many levels. I'm fucking lucky to have the best support system in the world. And I hope I can repay every single person for the love you have shown me. What doesn't kill me better run. Love, Ariana. You know what? And we salute a bad bitch when we see it. You know, perfect. No, no notes for me. I think it's fantastic. Um, yeah, you know, you let them know. I'm okay. It's been hard. But what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And a little fuck you to all of those who crossed me. And, you know, we simply love to see it. All right. And now let's get into the episode. Uh, (laughs) Oh, what are we doing? Okay. So the girls are getting back to the hotel. They're in Vegas. It is very clear. Raquel is wasted. Boots. From the second she... you know, stumbles out of that elevator, right? One shoe on, struggling to get the other off. Like most of us have been there where you're really having to coach yourself and be like, just take the shoe off. You can do it. You got it. Yes, let's go. (laughs) We did it. We did it, Joe, right? Raquel says in a confessional that she hasn't been on many girls trips, but she feels like she's having the best time because I'm fun, I'm single and I'm free and I'm focused more on myself. And you know what? Only on yourself, it seems. I don't think you'll be invited to many girls trips anymore. So I hope you enjoyed it. Doesn't seem like you did. So she's like at the I need leftovers portion of the drunkenness and praying in front of the microwave to Lisa Vanderpump in thanks of these leftovers. The other three are in bed, bumps on a log, like truly peanut butter and some raisins. They're trying to hide from her. So Christina asks did Raquel like once she gets back in the room did you actually make out with Oliver and Katie goes yeah Miss L make out with your man and then she pats Lala on the back and goes welcome to my world so Lala goes no yours was deep though but Katie goes yeah well Lala I'm actually drawing a lot of comparisons Ooh, it's worth mentioning that Andy made it mentioned multiple times this week that this episode had not been edited whatsoever and that's what makes this episode even crazier if we're to believe him because <laughs> they knew y'all the writing was on the wall once Raquel comes back with that like you know mince meat pie worth of leftovers they the rest of the girls are over it they're not on her level whatsoever Christina's even asking did you even heat this food up and Raquel's like I did. You know, as long as it's not aluminum, because Katie says I can't put that in microwave, so I didn't. <laughs> Katie then asks, did you actually kiss Oliver? And she's like, yeah, I did. So then Katie says, but Lala was supposed to kiss him. And Raquel goes, I, you know, I thought so too. <laughs> but Lala again says, no, I was not. So Katie then turns to Raquel and goes, why are you like this? And Raquel goes, are you so serious right now like it was Lala's territory and I was not allowed but Lala goes no no no! I gave you the okay so Christina goes well I think Katie's confused because she didn't even know that you were interested because Lala was the one who was talking about Oliver you know so Katie says in a confessional I'm starting to see a pattern with Raquel it kind of seems like she's only interested in men that her friends are either married to or interested in and that's a big red flag for me i feel like i'm gonna faint you know and i think at this point it's good to talk about because katie was on watch what happens live with um you know our king danny pellegrino and i will say this i think unfortunately it doesn't make sense to have uh current members of vanderpump rules on watch what happens live until the season is over because they don't want to talk about anything like katie didn't want to talk about anything the one thing that she did mention though is that um she was one not surprised that tom was cheating and two not surprised that it was with raquel which i found very interesting so then we get back to the bed and lala goes to raquel i'm gonna say this you totally asked me to be with oliver and i did i did punt him over to you but i will say that I would never trust you around my man when you're drinking. Never. And Raquel turns to her and goes, I mean, like, thank God you, like, don't have a man to, like, fucking have around. (laughs) So Katie and Christina are like, girl, what the hell? But Lala's like, you know what? I'm actually gonna shut this down. It's three o'clock in the morning. Raquel's been drinking. And Raquel's like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. We'll talk in the morning when I'm sober. And then she starts to go to bed, right? So Christina looks over at Lala and goes, Am I tripping? Or does that just happen? Lala goes, I'm feeling the Lala come out, and I don't want to see her. And then she says, if Ra- 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 Raquel wasn't raci- wasted right now, I'd put her back in her grave, which doesn't make sense. But okay, Lauren. Katie's toothbrush is in Raquel's room, but she doesn't even want to see her at this point. So she makes Christina go get it. But when Christina goes into Raquel's room, she's like, what the hell is going on here? Like Hillary Clinton at that apartment in the Bronx, like looking at the ceiling, like, huh? What is going on? Raquel's got a whole projector, a galaxy up on the wall, and Christina says in a confessional, I only know one other person who has lights like this. And it's a three-year-old little girl. Now, I thought she was going to say Tom Sandoval, because remember uh, two seasons ago when his half his storyline was about all the lights that he was putting up in that house? Yeah. So at this point, Christina like, runs back giddily to be like, oh my god, you guys, she's got like, lights on all over the ceiling. So they're like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Did you guys notice? (laughs) Uh, christina said she was listening to music and uh lala just goes was it taylor swift (laughs) so then lala is like oh my god is she gonna murder us tonight and then the camera pans over to see just the edge of raquel just a silhouette of raquel eavesdropping from the hallway so katie then is like hide your kids y'all hide your boyfriend and everybody's laughing and raquel like walks away crying in a confessional, she's crying again. And it's like, you know, the last thing I was expecting was to be judged for getting drunk and having fun. Now, obviously I think, you know, she had us in the first half, didn't she? She really did. Um, You know, at this point I'm like, okay, we might be really, you know, knocking somebody when he's down, especially when Lala has made it clear over and over again, I, you know, gifted you with Oliver. I don't think that's what happened Lala, but if you need that, fine. (laughs) Like, I know Lala, like, technically gave her permission, but she didn't, like, have to. I don't think that was, like, an issue. In this case, and maybe the last time, Raquel actually was like, oh, I'm going to take another woman's feelings into consideration. Now, maybe she should have done that for the person who was in a nine-year relationship with a man and not uh, this chick who just met this guy <laughs> at a bar. And he's also married to somebody, you know, maybe not him, but okay. So the next day they're all in the beds, three in the bed and one fell over or whatever. And Christina asks Lala, do you think Raquel even remembers last night? And Lala's like, you know, I like Raquel without James, but ultimately this is who she is. And then she says in a confessional that, listen, I've been the person to get wasted and say the most out of pocket things, So I'm not judging Raquel, but right now our journeys just aren't in alignment. Um, so I would like to say that Lala did an Instagram story And, you know, the fallout of this is that, like, I have to follow more things, more people from those casts than I would care to. Wink, wink. So, anyway. Lala said on an Instagram story that there were parts of this that were cut out. And one point, she said to Raquel, like, oh, um, you know, I slept with James when I was drinking. And Raquel says... Well, yeah, that's the exact same thing. Like I did with shorts, or I was, you know, with Oliver, I had been drinking. And so Raquel says, or Lala says to Raquel, like, you know, maybe you shouldn't be comparing our journeys if I'm an alcoholic, if you know what I mean. So Raquel comes in the room, fresh as a daisy, makeup on, you know, whatever. Perfect beach waves in her hair. And she's like, you know... You guys, I feel embarrassed. And Katie goes, okay, that's actually kind of a relief to hear. And asks Raquel, what is it that you do remember from last night? So she says, honestly, I don't know. I think I said something offensive. And I think Lala was probably directed towards you. And Lala says, what you said would be offensive to any woman. So she's like, what did I say? And so Lala tells her, you know, you said, thank God I don't have a man. Raquel do you actually feel that way like do you feel like if a woman can't keep a man then here I am and Raquel goes no 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 but Lala goes well if you are you just know like I can't be around that because I respect people's relationships and honestly I feel like you do too because you're still hurt about the fact that I drunkenly slept with your fiance six years ago right <laughs> the way that she just just like skates over her own uh, we'll move on So Raquel says in a confessional that Lala is the one who's schooling her on respecting relationships when she's the one who slept with her boyfriend. Now, I think during this scene, both of them end up at zero. Lala and Raquel, right? Because Raquel is right that it is hypocritical of Lala to come for her. But right. But now we also know that literally immediately after this trip, she fucking started up with Sandoval. So, you know, we're going to have to put you on zero for that one, Raquel, <laughs> like literally less than twenty four hours i i, I, I but I will also say that I kind of feel like Lala is mostly coming for Raquel in this moment in defense of Katie, and you know Katie's mother and Lisa Vanderpump did try to have a word with Raquel, but again, Lala is also a hypocrite, so you know goose egg for the both of you. Um, Schwartz has Sheena and a stylist come over to go through his closet and find like, I don't know, old uh, outfits from Hunter, uh, Hunter S Thompson. I honestly don't know. Whatever. Sheena's going to have a guy's night featuring herself. Sheena Vichay. So the girls take off to their drive to Lake Havasu, right? The Christina brings up, it kind of felt like Katie, your mom may think that or hope at least that you, and Tom will reconcile? Do you think that that's how she feels? And Katie's just like, well, you know, he's just been such a part of our family. He's been, you know, coming to our Christmas and our holidays for like a decade. And, you know, I want Tom to be my best friend, but I do think that we have to work some kinks out. Now, well, by the way, on Watch What Happens Live, she said that they were um, on pause with each other. So there's that. So Christina's really doing her best. Like, Yamla fixed my life. Um, so she's, you know, talking about how A breakup and a divorce, a long relationship can really be like a death. And Raquel, how did your breakup go? Like, did you guys have a talk? Did you leave abruptly? And Raquel says that James exploded on her dad one Thanksgiving, which we kind of knew in the reunion. But she expands on this and it's like truly disgusting. She says that it wasn't just he popped off on her dad at the Thanksgiving table, he was in a rage on the car ride back to the hotel saying that her dad's miserable because he's married to a fat bitch and that his dad isn't even a good father anyway. Oh! Excuse the fuck out of me. I'd be in jail right now. I would be in jail. Sing, sing. Karen, can you hear me? Sing, sing. I I would never. I would bitch Raquel says she told him to shut up. Otherwise she's going to leave him at the middle of the desert. I mean, and that was the the least she could have done. Fuck him. What was interesting to me is that when, um, they asked, like, did you think about leaving him? Raquel says, yeah, he went on a trip to London to go visit his dad. And she thought like, I'm just going to move out and leave the ring in the ring box on the counter or whatever. And only then did Lala say, Oh, that's cold. (laughs) Did you just hear what she said? I mean, okay. So then Raquel um, brings up some things that I took some heavy notes on. Bold, bold font. First, she says she feels like she lost a lot of her identity dating James. And now she's got this new single girl in LA identity. And Lala is like, yeah. And like, what is that? Like what Lala is saying is, yeah. What does it mean to be a single girl in the law in the, in LA in the larger sense? Like, What are we supposed to be doing? But Raquel's saying something else. She's like, no, you know, a lot of people ask me, who are you? And you know what my answer is? I don't know. (laughs) And then she starts to get upset. And Katie's like, no, like, it's okay that you don't know it now. This is a beautiful time to figure yourself out. Like, look at this as a positive thing. But Raquel just like plummets, like emotional disaster, And then Christina Kelly, who I don't think has met Raquel up until like yesterday. But anyway, she goes, I feel like you really hold in your emotions a lot. And Raquel goes, yeah, I'm really good at doing that. And Katie goes, yeah, I am too. But again, I think they're saying two very different things as we've come to find out. So Raquel says, you know, I'm just trying to figure out my life. And but she's like very emotional, right? So they're like, Okay, we need to pull over. Maybe, you know. Get her a piece of bread or something. So Raquel starts saying, like, oh, I feel shaky. Like, she's in the back of the car with Christina. Lala's like, okay, you need to eat something. And she's like, oh, I don't feel good and starts crying again. So Lala asks, oh, are you having a panic attack? And she goes, yeah. And then she just starts sobbing. Like, heaving sobbing. Lala keeps telling her, you know, breathe in through your mouth and out through your nose. She's like, I can't I, I I can't do that. <laughs> what she meant was breathe in through your mouth and out through your nose, and then she was like, "Oh, see, that's why I couldn't breathe. I couldn't do it." Then Lala starts being like a little bit softer with Raquel's, like you know, the hitting her with a "You was smart. You was kind. You're as important. Like you're funny. You're cute. You enjoyed yourself. We're all good. And, like I'm not mad at you, right?" So she calms down. They head back on their way. They get to the house. Thank God Charlie arrives. Thank fuck. And then a hero comes along because this shit was getting a little stale. I mean, this is like truly a motley crew of people who don't really like each other or know each other. And let's be real, like no shade to anybody when I say the following, but I think we can mostly all agree that, uh, a fun woohoo girls trip party is not usually comprised of somebody who is still actively upset about their divorce. Um, the girl who tried to make out with her the other girl's uh, soon-to-be ex-husband. Um, and she's also the sloppiest drunk of them all. None of them trusted her anyway. And now she's getting too litty. Uh, a sober person who's both angry and sober. And horny for uh, way too much. And then um, a secretly pregnant woman. <laughs> this is not like the makings of a great time. Charlie gets introduced to Christina. And... And she's like, you know, I've actually never met Christina before, but I know she used to work at Sur, but now she sells lip balm for a living. Which I did look at. Next, uh, the Tom's go to tick Tom Tom, worried about Greg. I don't, whatever. The only thing interesting is that Crustash says that Tom Tom has been a stabilizing force in his life. Otherwise, he'd be lost at sea. The only stabilizing bitch... What did Lisa Hochstein say earlier this season in Miami? Walk the plank. Walk the plank, then, if you're if you're lost at sea, okay? Walk the fucking plank. James stops by, and was this shit sponsored by Coors? Because I feel like Sheena was drinking it earlier at Schwartz's house. I feel like this is some sort of spawn con deal that Schwartz has. Because now they're at TomTom, Tom and Schwartz is like, I want to make a spritzer, and I want to make a Coors spritzer for TomTom. Tom. Wow, this spritzer is really delicious. James, won't you try it? Yeah, yeah, mate. This is also very good. Thank you, Coopers. What was that? We don't need that. No, thank you. A Cooper's spritz sounds like something that you drink at like a, a college town bar at places that don't look at your ID. You know what I mean? And honestly, like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not even above that. I'm not. I'm not above that. But I'm just like, I'm hating. So that's my truth. Anyway, they tell James about Guy's Night featuring Sheena Shea. And he's like, you know, I just need to make sure it's just Sheena. You know, because Adley's not really into me being around Raquel so much right now. So he says in a confessional that Raquel, <laughs> he's <is> so funny. <laughs> I hate that this man makes me laugh so much. He's problematic, you guys. <laughs> he's not a good person, but he the bitch is funny. He's funny. So he goes in a confessional. He's like, you know, Raquel wouldn't even know Tom and Tom if it wasn't for me. Like, let alone Sheena. Like la la, anyone. A- any anyway. Like, find your own, like you know, and the next thing you know, next thing you know, she's like, DJ fucking Raquel was fucking see you next Tuesday. So like okay, fuck off. Y'all, what is wrong with this man? <laughs> Help him. But also don't he's funny. Anyway, back in Havasu, the girls go to dinner. They're thinking, just gonna be a chill night, right? The Raquel says to Charlie, you should have seen me last night actually I'm glad you didn't Lala tells her basically what happened she made kissies with Oliver right and Lala says you don't understand Raquel's like a totally different person when she drinks and Katie goes yeah she's kind of like the Hulk but ultimately Charlie's like she's backing up her girl Raquel she's like you know I'm like that too when I drink it's fine I don't know what to tell you what about the night before what happened And when Raquel says, oh, I made out with Oliver, finally, she goes, okay, but Lala was into him, too. And Charlie goes, oh, so you swooped. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, both Lala and Raquel agree that Lala, like, gave permission, quote, unquote. And Lala goes, no, I had no intention of making out with him or smashing, which, okay, okay. And Lars's ass is real, right? But anyway, Lala says, that wasn't the issue. It wasn't a problem until we got into the room and, you know, you had too many drinks in you. And, you know, I said, I'd be scared to have my man around you. And you were like, oh, well, thank God you don't have a man. And Charlie just goes, well, <laughs> well, but then Charlie says in a confessional, it kind of sounds like Lala didn't get chosen and um, maybe she's a little bit bitter. So Charlie still riding for her girl. She's like, you guys, listen, <laughs> like, it's not right, but it's okay. I kind of like Raquel to get ballsy. I'm not saying it was the right thing to say, but I do like to see her get her confidence. But Lala goes, no, what she said was offensive and wrong on every level. And it should have never been said. Charlie says in a confessional, I don't know who made Lala the spokesperson of women, but I think we need to find a new president or something. Like you're the last person I would want to speak for me. Talk about how you went from a mansion to an apartment. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) She's so necessary. I love her. So last night, Charlie did tweet because it's hard because really you were you were playing for the wrong team as it turns out. So I was checking out her Twitter. So she did say, oh, wow. Would these conversations go differently now? I hate when people aren't honest, to be honest. Um, I felt incredibly silly on some things, obviously knowing what I know now. I can take accountability on my end always. But what I won't be apologizing for is always being a good and honest girl's girl. Even if I look dumb for believing someone. I pride myself on always being a good friend, especially to the women around me. I'm only responsible for my words and actions. And if they ever hurt anyone, XX heart emoji. At this point, Lala tries to compare Raquel to... A high school cheerleader from a rival team trying to snatch her man. Okay. So Raquel says in a confessional, you know, there was a moment in the car where I thought we could all be friends, but like, I'm not going to take this shit anymore. (laughs) So Raquel says to Lala, honestly, like if anybody should be on edge about you being with their, their man. Planning for your next trip. and 365 day returns (laughs) and everybody's like excuse me (laughs) obviously we know what Raquel's trying to say but Lala tells her you need to get over it like you need to get over the fact that I fucked your man six years ago because I've lived many lifetimes since then so get over it but Charlie's like yeah but she just found out about this recently and Lala's like yeah well there's a reason for that and you should respect it what? (laughs) what baby this is not accountability okay well, this is not accountability really on any level i feel like raquel only or lala only dropped this after they were good and broken up and now you're saying you have to get over it and i think she's saying like oh you're not in a relationship anymore with this man so like why don't you get over it quicker no ma'am no ma'am <laughs> And I also feel like Lala's a little leans a little bit in too hard into like the I wasn't sober. You know that. Okay. That only goes so far. You still did this on multiple occasions. So, <laughs> you know, at what point do we have to look in, look in on the inside, baby? Let's look on the inside. because still doesn't seem to be happening with Randall. But never mind. So Raquel says to Lala, I actually don't respect that. And I feel like you're being a hypocrite. Katie. Katie Maloney, who seasons ago was like the captain of the Lala, is a wrecking whore. You're dating a married man. I don't want to be on your PJ or his PJ because you suck dick to get on it. I would never lower myself to do this with a whore who dude is like fucking some married dude. Katie, that same Katie Maloney looks over, and has the gall. To ask why Raquel feels that way. Excuse me? (laughs) Excuse the heck out of me. Why would... Of course you know why she would say that. Babe, come on. So Raquel says, Lala, you're with a guy who to your knowledge was separated, right? And Lala goes, where are you going with this? Honey. Honey. Okay. So Raquel goes, you slept with a merry man, Lala, okay? (laughs) Okay. Katie goes, yeah, and you tried to make out with a still married man. And this is where Raquel loses me again, because she goes, I just literally entertain the idea. But like, if you think about it, you guys are separated, (laughs) (laughs) which is exactly okay, okay. literally just said that to Lala, but fine, fine. Katie tells Lala or excuse me, Raquel, you need to shut your mouth. Because I'm just trying to get over the things that you did to me. And I'm being very, very, very gracious to you. But I don't have to be. Like, I could literally light your ass on fire for what you've done to me. I'm still not divorced from this man. And Raquel goes, okay, but I didn't make out with him. So at this point, Lala gets activated. She goes, stop trying to make, like, get credit for that, actually. Because the only reason why that didn't happen was because he didn't make out with you not because you were a stand-up chick Schwartz denied you so then Raquel goes well if if you break it down and L- Lala goes I don't need to break down my life I lived it and I actually recommend that you disengage immediately <laughs> okay so Raquel goes she did not disengage Raquel goes um people call you a mistress why do you think that is he was married so then Lala goes disengage bitch and then she walks away so Lala in a confessional says That the word mistress hits such a nerve with her because Randall has never had to defend himself for cheating. It was her that had to wear that and pay for somebody else's actions. Randall's not on a TV show, baby. Like, well, (laughs) the thing is... You were being like, I don't have a boyfriend, or I do have a boyfriend, my man, my man, my mystery man, whose name that I won't say on television, and you guys have to sign NDAs to have access to him, and then suddenly, when you guys are like, oh, he knows Bobby De Niro, I guess we'll hop on this PJ with him, only then, was this like a stand-up relationship, and it was like, my man, my man, my man, but for real, now we can call him Rand, right? (laughs) Don't do this to me. Don't play in my face. I hate when people play in my face. If Randall had made the choice to, or, you know, was lucky enough to get a television camera in front of his face, and, you know, then people would maybe be calling him to task over those things at that point. But you were the one on TV. So sorry, you're going to have to be called to the carpet for stuff. Maybe that doesn't feel fair to you because you were not the one who was cheating on your partner. And okay, but People were calling you out because you're on a TV show. So Lala and Christina Kelly end up walking out with Lala or or, yeah, Katie and Christina Kelly end up walking out with Lala and Charlie is just like, she just starts laughing. High fives. Raquel is like, that was so funny. And Raquel's like, was it? (laughs) You could tell she did not know that that was funny. She goes, no, that was so fucking funny. Like I love this shit. So back in LA, Lisa FaceTimes Ariana, who is mourning the death of her beloved dog, Charlotte, FaceTimes Ariana from her pet cemetery in the backyard and says, oh, darling, I was just thinking about you. What? (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, does that not sound fucking crazy to you? (laughs) Like, that sounds so off to me. Like, why are you FaceTiming me from your pet cemetery being like, oh, I was thinking about you huh decline like is that not weird like i'm in mourning for my dog and i gotta see you with your clod hoppers on top of jiggy what i felt like nobody was talking about how weird that was i thought that was profoundly strange but okay back in lake havasu christina tells katie and lala that she went down to get juice earlier that morning and noticed that Charlie and Raquel had moved to the bedroom downstairs, like to get separation from the rest of the girls, right? So Charlie and Raquel wake up, and gosh, it's so weird that did Sheena like go back in time and punch Raquel then? Because she also had that black eye that she claimed Sheena gave her in the restraining order. So weird god Sheena really is very busy anyway um Raquel tells Charlie she just doesn't feel welcome at this point anymore so they're like okay maybe it will be better to get some space so Raquel's like listen Sheena said they were going to the Mondrian that night honestly I feel like those people are more my friends than these girls yeah I I bet you do anyway she says so they like devise a plan to tell the girls that they're leaving right so Raquel says in a confessional I should have known that I couldn't trust those girls when I heard them talking shit about me in Vegas. So I'm going back to LA with my real friends who actually love me for who I am. Love you, don't they? I bet they do. So they decide to tell the girls they're leaving, right? They find Christina and Katie and Lala out on the balcony. And Raquel's like, hey, I just want you guys to know that I feel unwelcome. And I think it was a mistake for me to come on this trip. So we're leaving. And... We're going to be meeting up with Sheena and Schwartz. <laughs> so you, Katie, the one person who's been nice to me. You're going to be meeting up with the two people that you specifically are going to be pissed off about. So bye. So Christina mutters under her breath. Yeah, that makes sense. And Charlie goes, what does that mean? She's not going to go there to fuck Tom. <laughs> well, not that one. Okay. No, I guess not. Anyway. So the rest of them are like, well, we don't know that she's not going to fuck him. Depends on how much she drinks. So <laughs> Lala goes, you know, I actually think that it's good that you do leave. And so Raquel goes, Lala, you gave me a green light to go ahead with Oliver. And Lala goes, this isn't about Oliver. It's about you calling me a mistress again. We're done here. Safe travels. Bye. So Raquel says... I think you're just a little angry because Oliver did choose me over you. Okay. Like at the end of the day, if he wanted to take you out on the dance floor, he would have done that. And then she walks away. And honestly, (laughs) well, 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 so Charlie closes the sliding glass doors behind them. And she gives a double middle finger on the way out. And then we can hear her say, fuck that lip balm girl. Don't bring her anywhere with her dry ass hair. So Christina and Lala both say, Katie, I know that you really love Charlie, but after this, I think you really need to reevaluate your relationship with her. And Lala goes, those are two low vibrational human beings. And I don't trust them. She gives her terrible advice. So the girls left, go to decide to go actually to the lake and have fun. I think is what was happening. Lala says in a confessional, Lauren from Utah knows exactly how lake parties go. So I'm going to teach these bitches what's up. And what do they do? Laid on an inflatable unicorn and did like three laps on a jet ski before they left. I don't even think they finished a White Claw. Also, Katie's from Utah. So what did you teach? Anyway, back in L.A., Ariana decides to support her man at his restaurant despite the fact that her beloved dog of 18 years died in her arms days ago and less than 36 hours before he would begin a seven-month-long affair that he said that he didn't want to break up with his girlfriend for because he was worried about her mental health issues, you sick fuck. You fucking fuck Shut the oh, fuck you. is a sick bitch, you guys. Like, bitch. Sicko. Ugh. Lint liquor, Lint liquor, The two of them. (sighs) So Lala and, uh, not Lala, sorry. Charlie and Christina. No, sorry. (laughs) I'm all confused because I'm upset. Okay. Lala and Christina decided to surprise Katie with that pinata of Tom with the green pants and it's like filled with condoms and booze and uh, more condoms and Great. That old ass vibrator. I have not seen a vibrator like that since 1997. I didn't even know they made those anymore. <laughs> those old vibrators that look like a like a toothbrush holder with a tip at the end. I mean, I, does it have BPA in it? I'm not putting that up. Never mind. And then they just like really take things down a notch by being like, hey, like are you glad to be out of your relationship with Schwartz or like do you miss anything at all? And Katie's like, yeah, I miss a lot of stuff. He was my best friend, but I needed him to like be more than that. And, you know, I want a true teammate in the future. Somebody who actually values me and supports me and doesn't throw me under the bus in front of anybody at all. You know, that would really be nice. And, you know, she starts to cry and says, you know, it really hasn't been easy. And, you know, that's why I tell people to just be supportive of me and to not get involved. I guess that's Sheena, right? So the episode ends with, uh, Schwartz's divorce party, get together, whatever. Crustache pours shots for everybody. And honestly, it just looks like a regular amount for a shot. Schwartz looks at that and is like, oh my God, I'm going to be rocketed into outer space. So I need to know what drugs he was on because the math ain't mathing for me. That did not make any sense as to why. Let me know. And at this point, like the last 45, two minutes, it's just like the hits just keep coming with Crustache. First, Sheena mentions how, oh, did you guys hear that two people left a trip? And Crustash is the first one to be like, oh yeah, Charlie and Raquel. How did you know, bitch? Who told you that? Anyway, then James says, yeah, Lawler called me earlier. And she's like, she told me she went in on Raquel. And he's like all giddy, right? But Tom looks away and he cuts his eyes like, Oh, this is brand new information. Like, he looks pissed like a dude who was about to be protective of his girl is what he looked like. Bip. Sick bitch. James says in a confessional, he's not at all surprised that that trip was shit. A shit disaster. Because Lala's been really nice to Raquel, but she doesn't like her. So if Raquel does one thing that oversteps the quote-unquote alpha, then it's like, like, not happening, right? Then he says... (laughs) of the group, you know, Lala and Raquel are like balsamic vinegar and olive oil. Okay. Okay. The girls get to some kind of honky tonk bar. Honestly, I really don't give a shit. They're trying to scout some talent for Katie. Uh, literally it's a guy in a furry suit dancing with some dudes with spiky, uh, mohawks. That's it. Uh, wouldn't you know lala spots some black guys and i was like oh that they're for me that's my vibe let me go wrangle them and say keep saying that's my vibe okay um they're from palm springs one of them says he goes to the abbey a lot okay i don't care back at the mondrian charlie and raquel pull up to surprise them and james goes guys night out means nothing And the episode ends with all these slow-mo clips of everybody like doing the Hill-style longing gl- glances at each other including <laughs> uh, what is like a severe puppy eye from Krusty over to Raquel. I mean to say that this has not been edited but here's the thing, like even if this has been edited the only thing that they could edit would be like the confessionals right like all of this shit they had they already had this stuff (laughs) it's just a matter of including it oh i'm gonna pass i'm gonna take a nap after this (sighs) yeah shout out to danny pellegrino for being on watch what happens live um shout out to anybody who listens to bravo or who works at nbc universal rather i would like to get on the screeners list please ask believe receive but please, if you can point me in the right direction. If you know somebody who knows somebody, just let them know. Who does Brielle? Never mind. <laughs> who does Brielle have to blow for me to get some screeners? Okay? I said it. And I've said it again. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Fuck Raquel. Fuck Crustash Sandoval. Love to you, Ariana. Love to the rest of you.